Man, I hit the record button in one try. Who would have thought? I'm that good. Oh, hello, this is on. Hey, hi, hello. <laughs> Welcome. Oh my god, I cannot even. We had a lot of goof-ups trying to record this episode by me not being able to hit a record button. Right now. Right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, hey Al. Hi. You know what people have been missing in their life? Us. Yes. Yeah. But what else? <sighs> You're right, it's E3. <laughs> but also there. maybe some otome lots of otome and that is exactly what we are going to discuss here on episode of the Cecil Amy Checkup OVA <laughs> we forgot to check didn't we yep <laughs> Whoops. I'm going to do that right now hey I'm Jared that's my name I'm joined, as always, by the Queen of Atome, Doc Al herself, and Ladium. Hello. And uh, we got quite a few things to talk to you about today. Phew. Here on Phew. episode 78! 78! 78! Wow. 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 Uh, so, yeah, we got, like we said, uh, quite a few things to talk to you about. We got a, we got a game we're going to talk to you about, which mm-hmm. I think we talked to, we uh, discussed this um last week that that was going to be our preview yeah i'm not sure that we like gave the actual name of it but that's okay also something just kind of came out of the blue fell into our lap fell into our laps and we're going to talk about that we're gonna talk about an ova episode that just magically appeared last week out of nowhere mm-hmm. and uh we will conclude the episode with some e3 predictions because by the time this episode goes up it'll be two hours until e3 Kind of technically begins. At least press conferences begin. Because I guess the E3 doesn't technically begin until Tuesday. But E3 press conferences will have be- will begin in two hours when the episode goes up. So we'll talk about sure. some predictions. About what we think might show up or at least announcements or at least something that hasn't been leaked. Mm-hmm. But uh, to begin with, let's talk about that uh, OVA episode that kind of just dropped out of the blue last Tuesday, I want to say. Yes, it was Tuesday because um, you mentioned it and my brother was in town. And I was like, oh, God, what do I do? <laughs> so if you remember from previous episodes of this very podcast, we have talked about Code Realize at, uh, to an extent. We've talked about the game, the anime, and the fan disc. And mm-hmm. last Tuesday, the OVA for the anime dropped. On Crunchyroll, surprisingly, because sometimes OVAs just don't necessarily make it to streaming sites that, you know, have licensed out the the, the regular season, per se. So, it's always kind of a surprise when OVAs show up. But, yeah, that, that came out. I don't even remember if we knew that was a thing or not. I had no idea an, uh, an OVA was coming. I can't remember if I had seen that and knew that was a thing or if it was just like, here's an OVA. Which, like... Code Realize remains one of my top tier Atome, so mm-hmm. I was real, real stoked about this. And it was just interesting as well to come up with an idea of like, okay, you know, obviously the anime did its own thing per se by mostly following the Lupin storyline, but like, mm-hmm. what's the OVA going to do? Like, I was kind of under the impression that it would be something from the fan disc. That's what I thought. But 
that's not the case. Mm-mm. It's a completely unique story. Mm-hmm. It is its own original thing that follows the events of the anime. So that's that's very interesting that you know they have a they have a wide variety of material that they could use. But I guess it makes sense that like maybe they don't want to use that because you know even though those stories in the fan disc were shorter by the by comparison to the original game in terms of the specific characters, you know it's probably not going to come off as well if it's like jammed into 24 minutes compared to they could extend that out a bit more but you know it's cool that they did their own thing yeah i was happy with it yeah so uh the ova entitled where is it set a thief to catch a thief. set a thief to catch a thief it's uh, bad that i remembered that off the top of my head <laughs> uh so this takes place a month after the end of code realize the the anime and there's going to be a big ceremony held at Buckingham Palace. Because mm-hmm. we're like, hey, things are okay now. Yay. Yay. And it's also coming up on Cardia's birthday. Mm-hmm. So everyone's like, well, we should go get her something. Like, that would be a good thing to do. So the boys go out and try and find some gifts for Lupin. Is like, oh, man, I found this really cool thing. Uh, it, it, why did you come from? Why are you getting that? That's not fair. <laughs> yeah, he sees like this really pretty jewel and he's like reaching for it and then Saint Germain reaches it and he's like, Oh, you have good taste. I'm like, wow, man, savage. It's, I think it's he's it's even funny because Lupin's like, You realize that's like a woman's right? And and he's like, Yeah, yes, I'm aware. <laughs> I will still buy it. <laughs> I am a wealthy landowner, do not question me. Right, like, as if anybody would ever question his taste in picking up random things, because, like, it's Saint Germain. And this basically just repeats ad nauseum with everyone yeah, getting like, things. Yeah, that... um, Van Helsing buys her a dress. Um, MP buys her, like, a pan for cooking? Yeah. I can't remember what Victor bought her. I don't either. I'm blanking. It was, like, food? I mean, I'd be happy if you brought me food. <laughs> Honestly, out of all the things that like they were giving, if somebody brought me food, I'd be the happiest. <laughs> uh, so yeah, he gets real bummed about that. Uh, also, worth mentioning that basically this OVA is like the expansion of Cardia's wardrobe. Yes, because she gets like three different dresses or something in this episode. It's crazy. She has so many new outfits. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so yeah, he's really, really bummed, which like, again, they're married at this point. Yeah. It's like, you're going to be fine, buddy. Yeah. Uh, so like he's, he's sitting on a bench real bummed. There's like this, this shady person comes like, what are you buying? <laughs> <laughs> I got this jewel. Maybe you'll want it. To celebrate our meeting. To celebrate our meeting. Here you go. Peace out later. I'm I totally mean, not a French ninja. <laughs> tackled by the Scotland Yard. There you go. And they throw him like, in jail. Yep. He's like, what What just happened? He's like, if I were to steal something, it would be better than that. Yeah. So, they, so the rest of them get the news that Lupin's in jail. They're like, what? And also, hey, we can't tell Cardi about this. Yeah, they decide to keep it a secret from Cardia. So they, they plan this idea of like, we're going to break him out. And then they send Lupin like a a lunch, and it's like, hey, it's it's one of the fancy lunches. Wink, wink. 
and he uses it to like to make an escape route but <laughs> the thing is like explodes like extremely huge yeah, and Impy's I'm, like, oh my god, that isn't subtle at all. I didn't put that much gunpowder in. Van Helsing's like, I did. I was the one who cooked this up. And they're like, oh no. <laughs> the bad cooking strikes again. So he like he runs out and like they're able to like, the cops are able to, to find him. But then he is helped out by a by an unlikely ally. He like basically karate chops that dude in the back of the neck. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Sholmes. Excuse Herlock me, Sholmay? Sholmay, sorry. Please Sholmay. Get, the cur- get the pronunciation right. Um, let's be real. <laughs> it would be Sholmes. I mean, yeah, of course. They just had to add that accent. Sholmay. Oh my god. So yeah, Herlock, he's there. And he's like, hey buddy, what up? <laughs> I'm gonna get you out of here. <laughs> and Boobie's just me. like, what? I don't trust you. Yeah, it's, it's which like these two together interacting is always really a, amazing, a fun ride. Yeah. So, uh, so let's just call him Sherlock because that's who he is. Let's be real. He's Sherlock Holmes. Yeah. So he takes him to like this hotel room and's like, "Hey, I'm gonna keep you here. We're gonna hide out for a bit and then wait for things to calm down. And then, you know, we're going to basically make the person who set you up come out of hiding." Mm-hmm. And then are basically around the time they realize that someone else has assumed Lupin's identity and is like being real bad about it. And also they learn that this is probably the work of a French gang of they look like ninjas. They look like ninja. They are the uh, the Loup Noirs, the black wolves. <laughs> yep. And uh, they had a run in with Lupin in France and he stole like a bunch of money from them. So they're out for revenge. Also, at one point, um, Actually, there are several points that um, Lupin is having, like, hissy fits. And during one of them, he's like, this outfit goes against my aesthetic. Because he's wearing the the prison outfit. (laughs) This is not with my aesthetic. (laughs) So he gets, like, regular clothes at one point. Like, just pants and a shirt. And one of his... He he grumps a few times, but that was one of them. He's like, this is not my aesthetic. forgot about that. Uh, so everyone else is like they realize like oh man he's he's something happened so he's in hiding we still can't tell Cardia but she's she's like I think she noticed at one point like the police are like around the mansion yeah but then like Drakjohn's like hey let's get you out of here <laughs> uh, so they're so the other two are still in hiding um, there's at one point <laughs> Sherlock's holding a newspaper and on the back of it is just like hey we're looking for inexperienced animators <laughs> That was really funny. <laughs> and what better uh, way to advertise that you're look you have job openings than in, in, in anime? That was so so funny. I loved it. Um, and it was like poorly translated at one point. It was awesome. But um, <laughs> Lupin is basically like mad at this point. He's like all you do is read newspapers. <laughs> And then, like, it's like basically at that point, like, Sherlock's like, yeah, the reason I'm reading the newspaper is because someone's going to send us a message, you dummy. (laughs) Here's the message. And And I was trying to figure out, like, they only have one hotel room and they have one bed. So are they, like, sleeping in that bed together? Unless Sherlock's not staying there. Well, Sherlock says he's staying there because he didn't feel comfortable going back to his apartment, like, while he was there. Basically, he wanted to keep an eye on him. I guess someone is sleeping on the floor. (laughs) 
Maybe. I don't know. Maybe they're spooning. <laughs> that's that's some uh, that's some uh, fanfic you can find on archiveofourown.org. So look for yeah, that. Yeah, <laughs> I'll, I'll pass on that one. <laughs> I mean, I love their banter, but I mean, you know, that's probably a thing. Oh, I guarantee it is because they have any form of relationship whatsoever, and so of course somebody ships them. Well, yeah, they they eventually figure out like, oh, the the leader of the Black Wolves has made their move. And uh, we're going to go find them. And then <laughs> this part was also really funny because they get him a replacement outfit that's exactly like his other outfit. And uh, Lupin tells Sherlock, like, he's like, man, you have a good tailor. They did it perfect. <laughs> it fits perfectly. Yeah. It's like, wow, dude. Like, how do you know all this stuff? How do you get that outfit? Maybe they were bored and Sherlock's like, hey, look, I got to take your measurements to get you a new suit. Like, let's just do this. Maybe. I'll send them I mean, to my not, tailor. They're not doing anything else but yeah. reading newspapers and They have all the time in the world to do that. Makes sense. So, like, they go to, like, I think it's, it's a, is it the final fight's, like, in a train yard? Um, it's in, like, a back alley type area, so yeah. it might be a train yard. I can't, I can't honestly tell. But, yeah, like, they get, they get, they have a showdown with this gang and then beat them up pretty much. By outsmarting them and, and all that stuff. And then there's a the part where it gets a little like little shady and then you just see like um test tubes come flying yeah. in. It was pretty rad. I was like, Oh, the best boy has arrived. I think at that point it's like they have the gang surrounding them and then like the cops show up as well. Yeah. And then test tubes take out the cops so they can take care of the gang. Mm-hmm. And they do that. They do. Everything's hunky dory. And then they're able to settle things with the cops. They're like, hey, I didn't steal that, you dummies. <laughs> These guys did. These guys did. Take them. And then basically we flash forward to the uh, the ceremony. Well, because they said that the reason the jewel was important was because it was supposed to be set into a medal yes. for somebody at the ceremony yes. at Buckingham Palace. You are correct. Uh, so yeah, Queen Victoria's there. Everyone else is there. And then Queen Victoria's like giving a, an award to Cardia. Mm-hmm. And it's like a necklace type thing. And then... Lupin notices like oh hey that's that's the jewel <laughs> it's like wait wait a minute she's like a lady can't wear a medal <laughs> she gets a necklace <laughs> and then basically the end of the episode is like Lupin being real bummed that he couldn't give Cardi a gift and Cardi's like it's yo it's whatever dude <laughs> she, she smooches him and then basically they probably just go to the bone zone Probably. I mean, we did play the fan disc. and They definitely go to the bone zone there. Oh, yeah. Which, at one point um, in the ceremony, like, Sherlock shows up and he's like, hey, dudes, that was awesome. Good job. And Lupin's like, are you not you're not going to try and arrest me? And he's like, nah, man. We're Just, friends. It's it's a good day. I'll, I'll do it another day. But right now, nah. Go have fun. And he and gives, like, flowers to Cardia. Yeah. It's like, here so you go. Everybody, literally everybody gives her a gift, but Lupin... <laughs> I mean, Lupin gives her a gift, if you know what I'm saying. The D. The D. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. So, yeah, that's the uh, the Code Realize OVA. (laughs) It ends with the Bone Zone, which, of course, I mean, that's perfect sense for this this series. Oh, yeah, totally. I believe it. Um, But, yeah, it was real fun. Like, I, I really enjoyed going back to that world and, like, 
getting to hear that opening and ending again like that was real oh, great okay. and you know it it's a story that fits within like the like I can see that happening with all, all those characters like that's that's a plausible scenario that I can see play out yeah literally everything that happens in that episode I yeah like Van Helsing helping the gunpowder yes totally mm-hmm. Um, like the banter between Sherlock and Lupin is absolutely wonderful. Like that is the highlight of the episode is just the two of them interacting. It's great. It's a good episode. I was really happy about the OVA. Yeah, same here. And, you know, the ad for the animator was pretty hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> so if, if you if you watch the, the anime or you played the game, like definitely check this out. But uh, that is not all the Atomi we're going to talk about today. It's not. You ready for some craziness? Let's dive into the world of actual playable Atome as Al has played the latest release of Atome. I have. Entitled Seven Scarlet. Seven Scarlet. It's Seven Scarlet. They say it in the. Seven Dash Scarlet. They say it in the uh, title screen Seven Scarlet. Seven Scarlet. Um, which I never really figured out what, I guess I know sort of what the title's referring to, but not really. Can I tell you my um, favorite thing about this game that I've never played? Sure. That you obviously know about? Yes. This game's a f***ing FNV! Yes, it does! Holy I was. F- it has several FNV, and I was like, what? This- That's awesome. This never happens in a Tome. so ever. awesome. Like, there are several FMV in this. I'm like, wow, guys. Like, I'm impressed. And they're, like, decent quality FMV. It's not like, you know, Resident Evil 1 FMV. <laughs> I really, really want some company to make an FMV Atome game. I mean, I'd play it. Man, that could... That would be... I mean, obviously, it'd probably be real bad because FMV games are half, like... They're always real cheesy, yeah. But man. <laughs> I was really, really impressed, though. I mean, it was shocking. Truly, truly shocking to me. Like, I, I remember that it happened the first time, and I texted you. And I was like, what? I know. I was like, is this? You told me that. I was like, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing. It was great. Um. So, I guess. Uh, spoiler warning for Seven Scarlet yeah. if you haven't yet, because um, I'm pretty much gonna go into all the twists and turns and fun shenanigans you can get up to in there. Um, I guess I could tell like the general story and then give you like a real spoiler alert. Sure, we can do um, that. And, and you know, you skip ahead to either if you want to skip all the other stuff. But um, so the general gist of the story is that um, you're playing as Ichiko. Ichiko? I don't know how to pronounce Japanese things. That sounds right. Um, And she is a 20-year-old college student, and her brother went missing a year prior. And so she's having issues focusing, and she uh, keeps thinking about the town that he went to and, like, what happened at the town. And she finds out that her best friend... um, who is named Hino, um, which he, he's got that weird peace shirt on. Um, he's the childhood best friend, and he is involved with, like, a supernatural online website about the, the town. And basically, 
the website it has a bunch of members and all they do is talk about the like weird stuff that happens around this town as you do yeah apparently um because there's a lot of like weird rumors and um legends about the town and all and i can't remember the name of the town and it doesn't really matter uh it's not real and so um he says that the administrator of the group invited them to do an IRL meetup at the town. I love IRL meetups. IRL. And um, he's like, Ichiko, why don't you come with me? And then, you know, we can do some investigation into what happened to your brother. And it seems like a good idea. And so that's the general gist of it is that they go into the town and they meet up with the other members of uh, the Supernatural Club, which, surprise, surprise, most of them are dateables. Woo. Mm. And um, what ensues is just like you end up dating the guys and you have to go. Um, you only have two routes at the beginning that you can go through. And as you keep playing through routes, you keep unlocking more guys and get more story. Typical. Um, and yeah, actually, no, you can usually just like pick whoever you want. Oh yeah, I guess that's fair. Um, but this one, like they specifically want you to do it in a certain order. And I think that that was a really smart idea because the more that I was playing it, I'm like, oh, that's hinting at this. That's really interesting. And so I wanted to know what was going on. And you'd get some of that answered in the next route, but then they would keep adding on and adding on and adding on. Mm -hmm. It was really, really smart. Yeah. Um, because, one, it made you date all the guys. <laughs> uh, so that's cool. But, um, you know, it, it was an interesting framing of the overall story. So, you know, I like that. Yeah. Um, also one thing that's worth noting is that, um, each guy has his own opening and ending. Um, meaning that like the video and songs are different. Right. Uh, which is not really something that I've ever seen. Like usually they show like the CGs throughout the, the story and, um, they do that at the end of here, but the song's usually the same. Or if like it's and, or if anything, it's like oh, their credit song is different. Like they don't they don't necessarily change like the opening for everyone. Mm -hmm. And the opening, um, some of them are like very small differences, but then some of them are massive differences. So it's kind of cool. Yeah, there's a lot of work put into Seven Scarlet that I was not expecting. Um, so I guess I'll just go in the. I guess, uh, order that I played them. Okay. Because the game kind of directs you to do so. Right. Um, so I started with childhood best friend Hino, peace guy. Um, he's, he's fine. He's kind of like your, your like dorky, somewhat dumb, athletic best friend. And you vaguely know that like they've been friends since they were like in elementary school. Mm-hmm. And he's had, like, a massive, massive crush on her, which she doesn't know about somehow, even though he's not subtle. And he's genuinely really trying to help her find her brother um, because he also knew her brother and really liked him. 
and um, he has something to tell him, which if you've ever played Atome before, you always know that they always want to tell the brother or whatever, like that they're in love with the sister and get their approval. That's what they always do. Um, so he's vague about it, but we know that's what's trying to happen. Um, and essentially you're going through like the main route here and you go on, um, like the main street and you're talking to people and you find out like nobody knows anything about your brother. Like nobody knows about this guy who came and that's a little suspect. And, um, you end up meeting this one guy who looks like a human mullet version of you Narakami, <laughs> which is fantastic. And he's a butthead to you. And you meet the, uh, the child who runs his hotel he is in middle school. And um, also there's another girl there that is basically like the the waitress slash maid, etc. Um, the other datables aren't really important in Hino's story. <laughs> uh, they become important in other people's stories, but in Hino's it really doesn't matter. And so where it... like gets a junction is that he invites you to um the festival the fireworks festival classic classic so um you go and he has that like weird you caught on that said like addiction lovers or something do you remember that <laughs> yeah. that picture yeah and um oh. so they're they're going around the the fireworks festival and it gets to the point where um he wants to do a, or she wants to do one of the like court gun shooting games. And somebody teases him and is like, can't let the girl do that. You have to, you have to do that. You have to win her the prize. So he's like, okay, all right, I'll do this. I got this. And he starts like panicking a little, which is kind of odd. I can't um, do it. No, no, no. He starts like shaking and people are like, um, what the? Uh, is this okay? And then, like, he, he pulls the trigger on the cork gun and then just immediately passes out. Um. Uh, and one of the other datables is, like, a doctor in training. So he, he takes care of him and he checks him over and he's like, it's fine. He just had, like, PTSD flashback. Does he have any kind of issue with guns? And she can't remember. And so you're like, oh, that, that's weird. Just a tad. Uh, eventually, you find out that what happened was um, Ichiko and Hino were playing um, as kids, like elementary, middle school-ish. And um, there was this haunted house that all the school kids were talking about, like, this house was haunted and, you know, it was scary. Nobody went in there. And so they decided they were going to go in there together. Turns out that instead of it being haunted, a serial killer lived there. <laughs> yeah. So um, he takes Ichiko and puts like a blade to her throat and he he challenges Hino and like, there's a gun over there. I can cut her like butter or you can shoot me and end it. You know, make your choice. And you have to consider like, this is an elementary school kid. Like right. That's terrifying. And so he's like losing his mind he doesn't know what to do and the brother comes in takes the gun shoots the guy blows his head off 
understandable now why he has gun PTSD. Yep. Um, so he, he kind of regrets that he wasn't able to, like, protect her. Um, but at the same time, he was a kid, so. Right. Um, so he always says that, you know, he, he can't live up to her brother because he was unable to protect her. So, um, you find out that, like, while they're staying in town, there have been bodies showing up. Um, mostly women. Yikes. Yeah. And, um, you start hearing these stories about the revenants. And people are like, oh, that's just, like, one of the, like, occult supernatural stories that we always hear. And the story of the revenants is that, um... People who die in that town after the rainy season come back to life. And in order to maintain that revenant life, they have to continue killing people. So when the dead bodies start appearing, people are like, um, revenant? Maybe? <laughs> Maybe it's this thing. Yeah. And at one point, uh, Ichiko and Hino are out, like, by the river that's at the hotel. And they see somebody. And, um... It's a ghost. Well, no. <laughs> the person shoots Hino. Ah. He was trying to shoot her, but he shot Hino instead. And he, he gets shot in the thigh. Ow. Uh, yeah. Which can do a lot of damage. Yeah. Um... Thankfully, it doesn't. He just bleeds a lot. Um, <laughs> it's lost a lot of blood. It's fine. Yeah, and so he's he's passed out, and he's in the hospital because um, turns out that the middle schooler kid, his family runs a hospital in the area, and so that's helpful. This middle schooler is well connected. Dude, this middle schooler is insane. Like he does so much <laughs> in the story. Like he's the student council president, even though he's in his first year of middle school. He's running the hotel, the front desk. He is, um, spoiler alert, the administrator of this supernatural occult website. Um, and he's also serving on the um, the board of like the supervisors who's <laughs> trying to run this like idol concert that's supposed to happen in town. I can't believe Mari's in this game as well. He's in middle school. <laughs> it's gross. Um, and also his family runs the hospital. So, uh I guess I forgot to mention the main character at one point. Um, the reason they were out by the river is that she gets um, a letter that she thinks is from Hino. Obviously, it's from the guy who was trying to murder her. <gasps> um, Ghost letter. And so she's while he's in the hospital and passed out, she's like, all right, I'm going to end this. And, <laughs> Great idea. <laughs> right. Super smart girl. And so she goes up into the forbidden zone of um, the town. It's called the forbidden zone. Um, All right. And she finds this uh, this shrine, like it's a really old, decrepit shrine that she keeps having like dreams about. And in the shrine, she finds uh, her older brother's jacket. Dun dun dun. And. Um, She's like, oh, what is this? And then 
A man in a black cloak and a cat mask appears behind her with a knife. Uh... And she's like, what happened to my brother? And he's like, oh, he's dead. He's long dead. <laughs> no, he's dead. No worries. <laughs> and he's like, all right, I'm going to really enjoy killing you. Um, and he says some like really creepy stuff about like watching her scream and all that. It was, it was mm. awful. Um, but anyway, there's this scene where she's trying to figure out what to do. And he hands her a gun. And he's like, all right, shoot me. You. Why, why don't you do that? And then here comes running Hino, who is still bloody and sweaty as heck. And he's like, no. And so you have the choice at this point of whether or not you, um, you take the gun or you give the gun to Hino. And depending on which one you pick, you either get the, the good end or the bad end. Um, if you keep it, he dies. Which, Who dies? You know. Oh. Yeah, childhood best friend dies if, if you keep the gun. But if you trust him and give him the gun, should have kept that then... <laughs> well, I mean, what happens is that um, the gun's actually not loaded. And so in the bad end, um, she shoots... And nothing comes out, and so he's like lunging after her, and Hino, instead of letting that happen, he just like body checks him, but they fall off the cliff, <laughs> and so um, they ne- they never find his body, but he died. She just pistol whipped him, whap. So if you give it to Hino, then he feels like he like redeemed himself and was able to protect her, and um. They, the guy ends up falling. Hino doesn't, but um, the cat mask guy does. But they never find his body either in this story. Mm-hmm. Um, so what they end up doing is they build um, like a tombstone for her brother and they mourn him and then they decide, all right, you know, our time here is done. We don't really need to stay here anymore. So they leave and they Peace date. Out. So there, there's some questions there, but not as many as, as later. Um so then the next one that you do is uh, Isora. And he is the high school chef that works at the uh, at the hotel. Hello, it's me. I'm a high school chef. Yeah, he's like in his second or third year of high school. I can't remember. He's like 17, which is a little weird since she's 20, but eh, I guess whatever. Um, he's really, really flirty. And he is really obsessed with baking. And he single-handedly runs the cafe at the hotel. So, um, in this one, you well, actually in most of the routes, she mentions that she has a hatred of strawberries, which becomes important. Um, again, the, the cracking off, that's not the word I'm looking for, the branching off is the fireworks festival again and so this time you go with uh, him Isora and um, it doesn't go as poorly as the whole weird gun thing but um, Isora ends up talking a lot about like this girl that he met when he was a kid and how she was the one who inspired him to start baking because she would eat all of his sweets and um, that's, that's 
kind of cute. But then he's also talking about like how there used to be this really big like hot springs area of the town, but it's all shut down because of the um I forget the the name of the town. Basically they have like a a big family in town who runs everything. Like they run the police force, they run the only hotel in town now, like they own everything. So they ended up um, starting these rumors that the hot springs was poisoned and um, that shuts down. And also um, his family's restaurant shut down because they were in that area. And so his mom ends up working at the cafe under the family that she hates and she gets sick and so Isora takes over. So that's why he is where he is. Uh, he has a huge, huge grudge. Huge grudge, um, man. Yeah. <laughs> this this boy gets nuts. Um, so there's this scene pretty early on in his route where um, you're hanging out with Hino. Again, he's your childhood best friend, so it makes sense. And he gets like hella jealous. Isora is so jealous and it's really creepy. I sent you the video of this because they're like, hey, do you have any kind of snacks we can eat? And he brings out strawberry tarts and he's like, eat it. Eat it. Eat it. Eat it. And it's like, it was so creepy, like the way that he was saying it. I'm like, Jesus, dude, like calm down. Do it. And so she's like, oh, you know, I can't eat the strawberry tart. I don't eat strawberries. And he's like, all oh, right, I knew that. I knew that. And so um, he knows like, well, I'll just eat both then. But um, at one point, he's like, maybe I'll just eat mine and then I'll give the cat that hangs out outside yours, which I don't think cats eat strawberry, but whatever. I can't remember um, a cat eating a strawberry, so. I have two and I've never had them well, be interested also in strawberries. Weirdos. They're, they're not normal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the next day, everybody wakes up and they go into the garden of the hotel and they find the cat. And the cat is, like, dead, um, like, foaming at the mouth and, like, bleeding everywhere. And has a strawberry tart next to it. Yikes. Yep. Uh, and then she's like, oh, God, Hino ate that. What do, what do we do? And so she goes to check on him. And she finds out that he's in the hospital because he has stomach pains. And so then everybody's like, Isora, did did you poison those? Did you do that? <laughs> and no. Why would you? Why would you think that? That's that's crazy, dog. What? What? He's like, no. I love baking, and I love people eating my desserts. I would never taint them that way. And she's like, I believe you. And I'm like, girl, no, don't believe him. That's weird. Um, like that's real, real suspect. Well, he said he loves baking, so clearly he's telling the truth. Right. He's like anybody. Who loves baking as much as he does and puts as much care into it can never poison somebody. Did she also talk about like his masculine hands and then start getting off about his hands around that point? Actually, he was the one that she thought had soft feminine hands. Oh. And but he had long fingers and she liked that. This girl's a weirdo. She has a she. She's a hand fetish. <laughs> she mentions in every route at least once a route, but sometimes more than once about like their hands. 
and she'll specifically talk about like thick fingers and she'll talk about like thin fingers and masculine hands and calluses and things and I'm like girl you got a problem i'm not here to kink shame anyone i'm here to kink shame her this game is weird when it comes to hands it is weird and like the cover <laughs> we were trying to figure out we're like what is that they're like oh god i should have known she had a hand fetish because there's hands on the cover <laughs> um So, um, I'm trying to remember exactly how this went down, but essentially, um, Ichiko at one point gets attacked the same kind of way that she does with, uh, Hino and Sora's like, okay, no, this isn't going to happen. And so she wakes up and she's in a room and it has one door and no windows and no clock and she can't get out. That's usually like, good. Yeah, I was like, ooh, girl, you should probably run. Well, this is terrifying. I don't think you're going to be able to run if you can't get out. Shoot. Find a way, man. Find some way. And um, at first she's like, this is great because, you know, he's a chef and she's getting all kinds of, like, neat foods and he's taking care of her. Oh, I remember how this happened. She was, um, the middle schooler got taken hmm. in a car. And she's chasing the car on foot, which is a bad idea. But she's chasing the car on foot. And then she's in, like, the hot springs area. And um, the guy in the cat mask shows up. And he's like, oh, finally, I found you. And he starts stepping on her leg and basically, like, messes it up pretty bad. Ow. Yeah. And so that's what happens is that Isora saves her from that. And then he takes her into the room to try and heal her leg. And so for the first few days, she's like, oh, you know, this is nice. Like, he's he's bathing me, and he's taking care of my leg, and he's feeding me. And she asks, she's like, have you told anybody that I'm here? He's like, yeah, yeah, I, I told everybody. Everybody knows. Yeah. I bet everyone knows. <laughs> um, And so she starts getting really, really creeped out by this, which, like. As you should. <laughs> should. This should be very worrisome. And. So you get to the point where um, he goes outside for um, a seasoning that he forgot and he leaves the door unlocked. And so you have the option of either staying in the room or leaving the room. If you leave the room, you die. Um, Yeah, Catman kills you. If you stay in the room and trust him, then Catman still comes in there. But um, Isora comes back and he's like, I just got knocked out. I'm fine. I'm fine. Let's do this. And um, the room gets set on fire. <laughs> and um, the cat man is coming at them with a knife. And Asora catches it with his hand. <laughs> um, which she freaks out at this point. Because she's like, no, that's what you bake with. And I'm like, homegirl, don't worry about the hand at this moment. Worry about getting out alive. Not the hand. And um, so essentially they end up like incapacitating this guy and they flee and the building's on fire. And like, yeah, um, so there was something there, but like we didn't find a cat mask. That's kind of weird. Um, and it turns out in the good end that Isora actually did tell everybody that you were there. It's shocking. And they was taking- it is very shocking. 
um, and that they, they knew you were there, that they knew you were being taken care of, but that they were afraid that after the incident with the leg that somebody was targeting you. And um, I'm like, wow, okay, so his like creepy lock you in a cage thing misguided but worked sort of except for you know the whole setting it on fire and getting your hand stabbed um i guess it's also i forget at which point you learn this but you find out that the girl who was eating his desserts as a child was her was ichiko Mm -hmm. um and the reason that she hates strawberries is that he made a dessert for her i think it was like a, a shortcake or something and he didn't realize that one of the strawberries was rotten because he was five. And um, so she ate it and then she got like food poisoning. And so she just had like an aversion to strawberries ever since. And so it became like his goal at the point to like fix that aversion because he felt like it was his fault. But um, this becomes a recurring theme that like everybody actually knew her as a kid. Which pretty common. In Atome. Uh, so anyway, they start dating. His route's pretty boring. I don't really like him. <laughs> and then we get to the best boy of this one. Oh, I love him. I love him so much. So then the next route unlocks. And you get Toa. Congratulations, you have met yourself. Oh my god. <laughs> Don't tell me my favorite guy and this is me. It's true, though. Okay. So you meet Toa for the first time when he's at a shrine. And he trips over nothing. And then he spills cat treats out of his pocket. And the cats just, like, swarm him. And the funniest thing is before this game came out, they posted that screenshot, that CG up on the Twitter. And you're like, that's the one you're going to (laughs) date. I I know which one you're going to date. It's the guy covered in cats. And he is amazing. He's so great. And so Toa has a really hard time talking to people, which, yeah. And um, everybody thinks that he's weird because he wears like that, um, like traditional Japanese, like overcoat thing, but he wears like the winter version of it. Mm -hmm. And he just says, like, oh, you know, it makes me feel comfortable. Like it was my grandpa's and I, I, really love it so I just wear it whenever I'm, I'm feeling nervous and um, one of my favorite things that happens in all the routes is that they're all doing like this barbecue scene at one point and things just keep going horribly wrong for him and he's like this is okay right uh, like at one point he uh, he drops some onions and they fall down the river like go down the river while he was trying to wash them he's like we don't need that many onions right <laughs> And then there's another part where, like, the cat still the yakisoba, and he's like, we don't need that, right? <laughs> it just keeps happening. And, um, speaking of cats, <laughs> thank you. Um, so Toa also does the, uh, fireworks festival. And he kind of gives you some insight into the town. Uh, for one thing, there is this, like, panda mascot for the town that they're trying to use to like create popularity of, of the town yeah and it's, it's a really popular mascot and so he's explaining that like when the hot springs district was in trouble 
that there was a small kid who designed the the panda in order to try and fix it, but it never really caught on, and that somebody submitted it later on the internet, and it became like this huge phenomenon. And so you learned the backstory about the panda there. And um, he tells her that he wants to take her to a certain place in order to um, see the fireworks better. And so he takes her to this like really neat overlook of the town and they watch the fireworks and she's like, wow, how did you know about this? And, um, wow, his secret is that he grew up in this town. What? Ooh, surprise. I never saw this coming. Uh, he was bullied as a child, which, um, he's adorable. I can, um, so he's bullied as a child, and he, he hated the town, and he was miserable. And so his sister ended up um, submitting an application for him to basically leave, and so he does. And so he's been out of the town since he was, like, 14. I will explain what that application was for later. Uh, I mentioned it earlier in a bit, but there is also an idol who is doing a concert in the town. Yes. And the middle schooler is on the committee to um, to like stage the concert. And they're doing it at the middle, middle school gym. And people keep asking, like, why would the idol want to do this concert here? Because he's in this massive idol group that just broke up and this is like his first debut as a solo artist. And, like, why would he do it here? That doesn't make any sense. Ooh. Um, there's a scene, and I think, like, the very first chapter of his um, route, maybe the second one, it's really, really early on, where um, there's a confusion over, like, which bath is men's bath and which bath is women's bath. And, uh... She's in there, and then she runs into somebody, and she looks up at him. She's like, wait a minute. That's Ato, the the idol. Looks just like him. That's weird. Why would he be here? And then um, he runs off. <laughs> so, hmm, I wonder who Toa could be. Hmm, I wonder. No. What happens if you rearrange Toa's name? You get Oda. Oda. <laughs> so, um, yeah, he eventually reveals to you that he is Ato and that he's there to do the, the concert, but he doesn't want anybody to know. And there are, like, a few scenes where he, like, pulls his hair back so you can see his face and he takes his glasses off. And um, he does say at one point that he cannot see without his glasses on. And he's like, well, you know, you don't ever wear glasses on stage. How do you do that? And he's like, no, that's actually why I don't wear glasses on stage is I can't see anybody. Smart. <laughs> it's very smart. Um, so Toa is there to do the, uh, the concert. And... Again, the same situation keeps happening where people keep dying. And so um, stop his, doing man yeah, his manager is like, I don't know, man. I don't know that we should do this concert here because people keep dying and I'm worried about your safety and I'm worried about like people's safety. So we're, we're, we're going we're gonna to put a pause on this and see, see how this goes. Smart. 
And he's like, no, 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 we have to do the show. We have to do the show. Not smart. We, we have to do it. And um, they end up in the Forbidden Zone, too, at one point. And I cannot remember why. Oh, the Forbidden Zone. The Forbidden Zone, yeah. Um, because he gets tackled by um, the defense force, which, <laughs> by the way... The town has this shady cult defense force that's against the the revenants that they run around in black cloaks and they patrol the forbidden zones and their entire goal is to kill the revenants. God. And so Oh, I remember why they're there. Okay, so he gets into a fight with his manager because um she's trying to run um Ichiko off and basically saying like he's a womanizer you're just like flavor of the month uh, I don't know why you think that you matter and so uh, Toa like loses it on her and like no this isn't happening and so they run off into the forbidden zone that's how they get there and um, Toa gets tackled by these like weird defense force cult people and they lift up his shirt and um, belly. well they look at his back and the got any lower back tattoos huh <laughs> <laughs> do you have grips the uh the doctor um guy who is the next dateable shows up and he's like he's not one of them you're fine let him go and you're like for one why are you here and why are you dealing with these people and two what the heck are you talking about mm-hmm uh, it turns out that one of the ways to see if somebody is a revenant is to look at their back. Because if they've killed somebody, that they get a purple mark for each kill that they've might, made. Uh-huh. So they thought he was a revenant, and they tackled him, and he had no marks. So they let him go. And um, basically, like, the same kind of shenanigans go down. He protects her from, like, Catman... And um, he keeps telling her that he needs to recharge whenever they kiss. What? Um, yeah, like that's his thing is he's like, I need to recharge. And so they, they like kiss. That's He does it twice. Okay. Um, it'll make sense later, trust me. All right. So um, his story as a child is that he was being bullied and... Ichigo came up and was basically like, F you kids, this guy is great. And um, she's like, so what do you do here? You you just hang out? And he's like, yeah, I just like the shrine a lot. I hang out here. And, um, you know, I sing to myself sometimes. She's like, well, sing for me. And so he does. And um, she basically, like, praises the heck out of him. And he is, like, a kink for praise. And uh, so he decides that that's what he's going to do with his life. He's going to make people happy by singing. And so that's why he becomes an idol. And the application that his sister had sent off was for him to be an idol. So um, they promise to meet up um, when she gets back to Tokyo. And he's like, all right, one more recharge. And that's how they, they end his his route is that they, they kiss. It's adorable. Spooch. He's like... My fave. I love him so much. Um, 
So after his is over, which, by the way, his closing is uh, a song by the Idol group, which is kind of cool. Smart. It's really smart. I was kind of shocked. So then you get like Dr. Um, he's, he's the doctor one of, of the, the <laughs> no, he's just an <laughs> and he's in medical school. Um, he's the next unlock and he's a robot. Not literally. I, I wouldn't put it past Otome. Robotic personality. A, he's a robotic personality. Uh, so he's not. I mean, really you said he's a robot. I was like, all right, I'm, I'm, I'm I will totally <laughs> go with this. Sure. <laughs> That's the thing is that I realized I said it like, you know, he, Atome could make him a, a robot. It's I totally believe believable. Him. But he's very robotic in personality. And um, one of the things that is actually interesting about him, because there aren't many things that are interesting about him, he's my least favorite, by the way. Uh, and that's bad when you're below the guy who locked you in a room. <laughs> right? Uh, um, he has an obsession with getting licensed like licenses for things so like he will randomly tell you like oh you know i'm a licensed barbecuer you know i'm, I'm a licensed this thing and i'm like why do you have licenses for all this and he's like i don't know i just like doing that and it's hilarious <laughs> like you'll just awesome. be going through the different routes and he's like yeah i have a license for this i'm like what who are you i want to do that now it's so So he does this many, many times that just throughout routes. He's like, yeah, I have a license in this. What? Okay. Um, so he is a med student, and he also likes hiking. He's got a license and in hiking. He does, actually. Um, and he's really not interested in the face-to-face -face meetup, even though he's in the group. He's more just interested in exploring the town. Um. So you go to the fireworks festival with him as well, as you do. And he's like, I've never been to a festival before. I don't know what to do. What do we do? And she's like, well, we eat this food. And he's like, why would we eat this food? I don't want to eat this. <laughs> and he's like, well, we play this game. And he's like, I don't want to play this game. Why would we play this game? And he's like, no, we, we're going to scoop the goldfish. And then he like goes through this entire like mathematical equation of trying to scoop the goldfish. And then he scoops all the goldfish. Um... And so the guy's like, no, you can't have all those. You can have two. Uh, so he gets mad because he's like, why would they let me scoop all the goldfish if I can't eat all the goldfish? Um, and I don't know. This guy sounds pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> and then he's watching this small boy um, play the, the gun game. And he's like, I don't know why he's holding the gun like that. He's going to fail. He shouldn't hold a gun like that. That's a terrible idea. And the kid's like, what do you mean I'm going to fail? And then just starts crying. And then everybody's looking at them because, like, he made a small child cry. <laughs> um, so Ichiko gives the goldfish to the boy to be like, here, please stop. <laughs> I'm sorry. And, yeah, so then you realize, like, he's terrible at human interaction and basically is a terrible human being. Um, yeah, he, um, is also from the town and, uh, he has a, an interesting backstory. He's not as, he's not as fun to date 
but he has some really interesting things that come up. Um, like one of them is that his dad was pretty high ranking in like the defense force. Mm -hmm. And at one point when he was a small kid, he saw his dad, um, go into a restaurant, which where have we heard about a restaurant before? I don't know. Where have we heard about a restaurant before? Uh, and so uh, they, he, his dad goes to the restaurant and he pulls a man out and he drags him to the Forbidden Zone and <laughs> he sets him on fire. What the? F what? And so, um, so Suke, who is Doctor, um, the entire time is like, my dad murdered somebody. <laughs> he murdered somebody. Like I don't know how to live with this. And so he he started having like a really tense relationship with his dad. Um, and, uh, I guess, spoiler alert, that was Asora's dad that he took out and set on fire. Um, <laughs> whoops. So, I think he was also in middle school when he left, but before that, um, he was hiking in the woods, trying to get away from his dad at one point, and he came across a flower field, and there was, like, this legend about these flowers in the town and how they were like these beautiful purple flowers with a unique scent and that these flowers were tied to the revenants and so he's like i've seen them they're real and one thing that he mentions is that there was a man there and that he was an odd looking man that he wasn't sure like what was wrong about his aura but that he had to get away from him so he was running down the the like mountain area and he came across a girl who was a few years younger than him, uh, four years younger. Uh, so I think he was like 13 at this point. And um, she had skinned her knee. Ow. And so I can handle this. So, you know, he baby doctors it and um, <laughs> then he finds out like she's having issues walking on it. So... Uh, he piggybacks her back down the the mountain, and the whole time she's like, "You're sweaty, Mister." <laughs> uh, also, turns out this is Ichigo, which I'm sure you figure that out by now. Like, if there's ever a little, <laughs> it's Ichigo. Um, so that was when he decided that he wanted to become a doctor. Was he realized that he liked helping people and that his dad was in the business of killing people. So he wanted to be in the business of saving people. Makes sense. So he's helping Ichiko go around and ask about her brother and they end up at the shrine and they start hearing like the defense force people. And so they hide in the shrine for a minute and, um, that's when he like full on grabs her butt in that CG. <laughs> Which, like, go for it, buddy. Um, although it becomes a little bit weirder in a second because he's, like, spying on the defense force and he's like, just wait here for a second. And he looks out back and he's like, we have to go. We have to go now. And she's like, what's wrong? He's like, that's my dad. That's my dad's body. Whoops. Um, his dad's dead. Not the uh, family reunion you were hoping for. Yeah, so... um the problem here is that he never really reconciled with his dad and figured out what was going on. Mm -hmm. Um, 
there was always the assumption that he would um, become part of the the defense force group because like his dad was so high ranking and they keep approaching him for this and he's like nah man I'm, I'm not interested I'm I'm doctor now uh, even though he's still in med school so uh, basically all kinds of shenanigans ensue like it it's, it's bizarre and he he teams up with um, Frick. What's that other guy? The mullet, Yuzuki. He teams up with him, and they're like, "Yeah, I'm not joining this group, but we're going to like fix this issue with the revenants." And um, which this route makes the last route make more sense of why he knew so much about how to figure out who a revenant was. Because mm-hmm. if you remember, he was saying that Toa was not one. It basically, like ends up coming to terms with the whole thing that his dad was not killing people, but killing revenants, which like mm, kind of shady gray area yeah. there. Um, and I forget exactly what happened cause I really didn't care. And <laughs> essentially he writes down his phone number for each go and is like, Hey, I told you earlier that I wanted to treat you to a scone, like a true scone so when you get to Tokyo, call me and I'll I'll get you a scone. A true scone. Wow, buddy, that's romantic. Thanks, my dude. So um, he sucks. He's really he's he's, he's terrible. But you find out a lot because you're finding out that one, the way that you kill revenants is that you throw salt on them and set them on fire, which is intense. Um, you find out that Asora's dad was a revenant. Because one thing that had happened is that apparently Asora's dad had had like a heart attack Mm -hmm. and that his mom was running the restaurant by herself. And then his dad came back and Asora mentions this at one point that his dad came back and said, like, I'm home. And he thought it was weird because he'd been gone for several days. And um, that some men came and pulled his dad out and they never saw him again. And so his dad had died of the heart attack and then came back as a revenant in order to, like, check on his family and then was dragged out and killed as the revenant. Yikes. Yeah. So, things are kind of crazy, right? You know, just a little bit. I would say, you know, you know, clearly not full-born crazy, but we're getting there. Oh, it's, <laughs> it's about to go off the rails. I hope you're ready. So now we have Mullet Yu. Um, his name is Yuzuki. He runs the hotel and is the only heir of the like big family in town. And he's kind of a massive butthead. And he lives in a separate section of the hotel that is off limits to everybody, but Ichiko finds her way in there because, of course, she does. And finds out that he has a hobby of arranging flowers. Because okay, and she he explains that like it was a thing that his grandma wanted to teach him, and that his grandma died before uh, she could finish teaching him how to do it. So he does them, but he doesn't know if they're right, and so that's kind of sad. Um, but then he gets mad at her, and basically is like, "You're invading my privacy. You need to go, um, or else I'm going to fire you." Because by the way, she's working at the hotel at the moment because. Um, 
the middle schooler said that if she worked at the hotel since they were shorthanded, that she could stay for free. And she was only going to get to stay for like three days before that. And now she has like an extended period of time to look for her brother. So it's a, a wise idea. So anyway, um, at one point, uh, middle schooler is like, hey, here's this soup. Will you go take it to the boss? And she's like, yeah, sure, I'll do that. And so she goes to take him the soup and he's like sick as heck, but also naked. Not naked, but half naked. <laughs> um, and so she babies him. Like, she, she takes care of him all night. She doesn't sleep, and she, like, tries to keep his fever down. And he's, like, an entire butthead to her the entire time. Uh, I'm sure he said baka, like, a thousand, ten times. Baka. Here. Baka. Um, it, it, she talks about how, like, the first thing you're supposed to do when someone has a fever is like put your hands on them. I'm like, I what? I don't think that's right. And then the middle schooler the next day is like, yeah, no, that's not what you do. <laughs> like, that that's quack medicine. <laughs> like, wow, wrecked. Um. So this guy is basically like, you need to stop investigating things. This is a terrible, terrible idea. Um, one thing that happens with, uh, Yuzuki's route is that the opening FMV is different, extremely different. Everybody else has subtle differences. His is very, very different because they all start with a woman who's covered in blood running to a payphone and then someone saying like, you know, some kind of crazy thing about like the river sticks or some, you know, it's dumb. And then you don't hear anything else. Right. In his, you get the full story of what's happening. And, um, you find out that it's him that's chasing her, that he is one of the like defense force people in the black cloak. And he's been tasked with killing her because she's a revenant. And she's like, really, all I want to do is call my husband. That's all I want to do. And then you can do whatever you need to do with me. And she's like, I don't have the urge to kill. I don't want to kill anybody. I just want to call him. So she calls her husband. And, like, he's freaking out because she's supposed to be dead, you know. And she says that the one thing that she needs to tell him is congratulations. And um, so that kind of stuck with Yuzuki and... He had planned to let her go because she said that she didn't want to kill anybody. She didn't have that urge. She just wanted to peacefully pass along because you find out here if revenants don't kill anybody, then they just disappear after a certain amount of time. And so that's what she wanted to do is, you know, just disappear. And so he's like, okay, you know what? Do it. Just go. And she ended up getting captured by somebody else and they did the whole salt fire thing. And so he starts questioning their methodology on this and questioning like why the revenants exist. And he builds up a theory that like an unfinished business kind of thing. Um, which, you know, it's weird that this like mega <laughs> the only one that seems to have some kind of empathy in this, this weird town. Um, but anyway, 
you find out that there's a clash between him and his dad um, because he was supposed to take over the um, the defense force people. And he actually was in charge of them for a while, and now he calls him the water boy. His dad repeatedly calls him the water boy. Um, and he's just running the hotel. He's not allowed to run the, the defense force anymore. And he is, his dad is very, very interested in Ichigo. Like, very interested. And won't talk to Yuzuki unless she is present interesting um also his dad's butt so it makes sense where he got it (laughs) um so she starts asking him like you know what in the heck is actually going on which you know good question girl because i've been wondering this too (laughs) um and he says that because he was not able to kill her that he was basically demoted and is not allowed to have anything to do with the defense force but that he's realized that, you know, there is some form of humanity in these revenants and that there are better ways to deal with them. And so he is in a place in the town where he's like, I want reform. I want a different defense force. I don't want this. I don't want to just mindlessly keep killing them. So, I mean, like he's, he has a good idea, but not really going well. Um, so... They start asking around about the brother, and um, there's this, like, one cop in town who is owned by his family, basically, and they start asking about the brother, and he's like, I can't talk about this. You know I can't talk about this. I'm not allowed to talk about this. Talk about it. Uh, basically, Yuzuki's like, you're going to talk about it, whether you want to or not, you're going to, and so he, he tells him, like, you're going to talk about it. He's like, yeah, there there was a guy that was around here like a year ago, and he, he was a little weird. We didn't know who he was. And she's like, oh, you know, this is the first information I've gotten about him. And so that's a big hint. Um, so at one point she goes into the boss's house and is looking for him and realizes that he's not there. And um, she gets kidnapped. So she wakes up in this like really dark house and um, there's this shady character who's been in every single route, but you don't even really interact with him until this route. And he is an author that's been staying in the hotel. And he looks like an adult Shinji from Persona 3. Remember remember this guy? Yeah. Yeah. So um, he has kidnapped her. And is using her as bait. He has realized at some point before anybody else has apparently that Yuzuki has feelings for her. Wow, I'm so shocked. Who could have seen this coming? And right. And so um Yuzuki comes like charging in, is like, No, you want me, not her, let her go. And the guy's like, You're right, I do want you. And he ties him up. <laughs> so his entire story is that he was the husband that the lady from the opening FMV called Mm -hmm. and congratulated. And um, and he's like, you killed my wife. He's like, no, man, I did not do it. I did not kill her. I let her go and somebody else killed her. And like, I I have reformed my ideas on revenants because of your wife. And um, 
the interesting thing, you know, he has this theory about the unfinished business and he asked at one point, like, why did she say congratulations? What was important about that? I mean, like, it was the day that my first novel was published. It's like, oh, shit, that's awesome. But um, anyway, he's like brutally kicking him in the stomach and well, this is going on. Um, once he realized that he didn't kill his wife, he like lets him go and he's like, I'm done. I'm, I'm done with this town. This is the worst. And so he just kind of disappears and becomes like less important. He'll come back. So um, you end up getting like this crazy clash with um, basically the defense force and Yuzuki who's trying to figure out something about her brother. And they end up in the Forbidden Zone as well. And they're being attacked by the cat mask guy. And um, you finally learn who the cat mask guy is, which I figured it out a long time before they ever revealed it. Because he's like the one young guy in the story who's not dateable. Young, relatively. Because, like, thank God they don't have the middle schooler as a route. But... <laughs> Uh, so he's like this professional photographer who keeps trying to get Ichiko alone um, for modeling is what he says. But I'm like, you're shady. I don't trust you. And it's it's true. He's shady. I don't trust him. And he's a revenant. Quotes. Yeah, he's a revenant. He's been trying to murder her. And um, he also murdered two other people from the defense force, the two ladies. Um, and they asked him at one point, like, yeah, so also um, Suzuki's dad died. What about that? You know, he wasn't a woman. He's like, I didn't kill him. That wasn't me. Which, da da da, question marks. What? Um, so anyway, uh, there's this entire, like, reforming movement of not killing the, the revenants, but they take down this guy, and um, Yuzuki is redeemed i suppose in the, the eyes of the town and it's like i am remaking this town we're gonna do something different with the revenants yay and so i mean yay that's pretty cool which is good because then the next story um we go back to somebody um once you get through yuzuki's route you unlock the true end for toa dun, dun, dun. Which I was like, oh, God, no. No, 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 Toa's my favorite. What's happening here? Because we had this running... There's more. We had this running joke going the entire time. Like, oh, he's going to betray you. Right, because, like... Otome. Last time, last time my favorite was the guy who was dead, and then this time, I guess it's the same story. But, um, yeah, Toa's dead. He's a revenant. And you find out that Essentially, he was exhausted on the way to the town um, because he'd been recording and trying to do his solo comeback. And um, he fell asleep at the wheel and ended up running into the river that is at the entrance of town. And so he's dead. But um, he came back as a revenant. And the reason that he wears like the the coat thing is because it was his grandpa's and it brought him comfort. And he's like, apparently, you know, whatever makes you happy is what you come back as. And so he keeps saying that like he doesn't want to kill anybody. Um, that he has like this real terrible feeling. And um, let me back up. 
Beep, beep. So the um, at the end of Yuzuki's route, the guy, the photographer is like, there's another revenant in the hotel. And so when you go to Toa's route, everybody's in the hotel and everybody's like, um, so there's, there's a revenant here because, um, you know, the guy's been, um, taken out at the end of Toa's route as well. So he says the same thing at Toa's route that there's another revenant in the hotel. And, um, they're trying to figure out who it is and Yuzuki has some plans. He's like, okay, one, just put your hand in fire. Everybody will just put their hand in fire and whoever, you know, turns into the, the purple dust is the revenant. Then we're done. We don't have to worry about it. And everybody's like, um, I don't really want to put my hand in fire. <laughs> and he's like, okay, well, here's a new plan. Uh, revenants don't like blood, right? And... So that that's the thing is apparently revenants really don't like blood. So Yuzuki takes a butcher knife from the because they're in the the cafe from the cafe and stabs himself in the arm. As you do, which is really extreme. That's a tad. And you just do like a little um, cut. And so you hear a scream, and there's a little bit where the. The other girl who's been working as a maid and is befriending Ichiko and everything, she's like, I'm the Revenant. I did it. I I killed Suzuki's dad. I'm really sorry. That was me. And uh, Yuzuki's like, well, just take off your shirt and then we'll know for sure. And she's like, um, no. <laughs> I'm a lady. I don't take off my shirt. And... Uh, this is when you find out that Toa is the Revenant. She's been covering for him because she's Toa's twin sister. Dun, 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 dun. She's the one who turned in the application so he could get out of town. Um, and she's the one that like he trusted completely. So she was trying to make sure that the concert would happen. And it turns out that like that's where they find out that Toa is the Revenant because he screams at the blood. Um and also, they're colorblind, which is huh. an interesting point. Like, all the revenants are colorblind. Um, but there's this one type of person that kind of glows to them. And we'll get more about that later. But anyway, the whole goal is that everybody in the hotel is like, all right, Toa is a revenant. He wants to run the concert. That's the only thing he needs to do. That's his unfinished business. He has to do the concert. And so they all like band together. They're going to make it happen. The cop is there and he's like, all right, I'll help out. So he starts losing energy really, really rapidly because he's not killing anybody, which makes all of his things about recharging make a lot more sense because he says that whenever he like, hugs her, kisses her, whatever, that he feels like he's a little bit recharged and can keep going. So in his first route where it seemed a little like quirky, it makes more sense now that 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 was actually something that was keeping him going. And so like love is like batteries. (laughs) Um, And it gets to the point where he's like, I can't do a full concert. I don't have the energy. I can do one song. And, um, the manager's like, we're going to have to cancel this because, you know, the people are dying. He's like, no, we're not canceling. I have to do this. We have to do this. 
and um, the record company cancels it. All the musicians leave. All the stagehands leave. The manager is the only one left. And then he's like, How, why are you doing this for me? You're going to get in so much trouble. And she's like, yeah, but you're like a child to me. So I'm staying. Um, so they're trying to keep the defense force away from him because they figured out at this point that he's a revenant, which we knew from his route earlier because they had lifted up his shirt and like tackled him saying he was a revenant. Right. They knew, but Suzuki had kind of like pulled him off for a bit. Um, so they're trying to keep him away. And then... It's Ichiko that's trying to keep him recharged enough for the one song and then the cop who are in the room. And uh, the cop's like, all right, dude, guess what? Betrayal time. I actually work for the Defense Force and I have to kill you because you're a revenant. And he's like, dude, no, like, (laughs) I just want to do the song and then disappear. Just let me do the song and disappear. I like your version of the dialogue better. (laughs) Same. And um, so he's trying to um, like take Toa down and everybody comes back because they realize that something's wrong and the twin sister ends up jumping between them and gets stabbed and she's like rapidly dying at this point and you know Toa's like I can't do it now like I can't go out there my sister's dying and she's like no you have to do this you have to do this. And so he goes out and he performs the song and he's doing it a cappella because his group is or his band is gone. Right. And then uh, he sings a few notes of it and then a piano comes in and you find out that his manager is playing the piano for him, which was actually really cute. Um, he performs his song and then he uh, turns into like purple flower petals and disappears. Because his revenant energy had run out at that point. So um, she kind of mourns him for a while. She goes back to Tokyo. And then um, she gets a letter in the mail. And it was a letter from Toa explaining the situation. Because he had originally not planned to tell her that he was a revenant. And that his plan was to go to the overlook where they were. And to um, just disappear there. And um, I think I already mentioned this, but his twin sister was the one that actually murdered Suzuki's dad um, because he was after Toa and she didn't want Toa to get taken down. So, um, whoops. So, it was really depressing. Also, the letter um, like gave the phone number of the manager and told her to tell the manager where his body was. So that's kind of f***ed up. <laughs> anyway, I was really sad because I really liked him. He's dead. And then the one thing that I was very, very concerned about happened. Because Period Cube did this to me. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the entire time I was like, oh, God, I hope that her brother's not a route. I hope that her brother's not a route. Please don't let her brother be a route. And her brother's a route. Ooh. And it's a little creepier than you would expect. Um, so you have no real choices in this route. It's essentially just straight up visual novel. Right. And so um, it starts off with him explaining that he's one of the earliest revenants 
and that he is the watcher of the flowers. And so that as long as the flowers are alive, he lives. And that there are certain souls that glow to revenants. And if you kill one of those souls, you live forever. And so he did that a long time ago. And so he lives forever. And Ichiko is one of those souls. So that's why all the revenants were like interested in her was because she glowed and it would live forever. Um, so when Ichiko was a little kid and was in the town, which is again, really creepy. Um, there was a revenant, a lady revenant who was really, really interested in Ichiko because she realized that she would live forever if she killed her. So she kept trying to think of like ways to, to murder her. And, um, he saw the Revenant come out of a store with a bag and he went in there and he's like, I want whatever that lady just bought. Um, and so it's a knife. <laughs> so he follows her and basically like interrupts her before she can kill Ichiko. He starts to protect her kind of. And he is living in the town at that moment as like a delivery driver. Um, and he says that, you know, he's lived many, many lives and that this is just his most recent iteration because, you know, he lives forever. And um, so he's protecting Ichiko and she's like, I'm not supposed to get in the car with you, but you have a really cute design on the delivery truck. So we're going to go anyway. Solid and, reasoning. Yeah, he asks her... Like, where are you staying? And she says that she's staying with her her best friend, Hino, who lives in that town, which neither of them mentioned that they ever lived in that town. <laughs> they just knew that they were friends since elementary school. And her brother decides at this point, like, for one, you can call me, like, Hanate, I think is how it's pronounced. And he's like, that's my name for you. I'm your brother. And as long as you're here, the revenants are going to come get you. So, which he doesn't tell her that, but he says it in his brain. So he just drives <laughs> off with her. He leaves the town with her in this delivery truck and like, doesn't tell Hino or anybody in the family, like where they're going. Um, and takes her back to Tokyo and then like becomes her brother, which he clarifies that he can manipulate memories. Mm -hmm. um, so he manipulates her parents into thinking that, yes, that that's our son. And the Chibiusa effect. Event, yeah. And then manipulates um, Hino into thinking like, oh, you know, I never lived in that town. And same with her is that she never lived there either. And that they had just been friends since childhood. And so he lives with her as her brother and it's so creepy because he starts talking about like how when she started hitting puberty that he like became attracted to her uh... and I was like oh dear no and that like he wanted her in ways that were romantic and that he was like her brother so it was kind of like a taboo type situation which like yes yes that's terrible don't do that and so it was around, she's 19 at the point when he disappears, and he gets a weird feeling about the flowers. 
And so he decides to go back to the town, which, um, you know, I was telling you earlier that um, Dr. <laughs> had seen a creepy guy by the flowers. Remember? Yes. It was this guy <gasps> before before he was with Ichiko. Because he was like the watcher of the flowers. Right. So he goes back and then um, like as he gets to the flower field, he realizes that the defense force has already found the flower field. And so they capture him and imprison him in um, Yuzuki's dad's basement. So he's been there for a year. And they're trying to get information out of him and he won't he won't give any. He's being tortured. It's pretty gnarly. Um, but revenants heal really fast, so. Um, so while he's sitting in the cell at one point, they mention, uh, the people who are watching mentioned that the girl had come back and he's like, Oh God, no, Ichiko, you're not supposed to be here. What are you doing? And, um, so he murders those people and breaks out. Whoops. The second day they're at the hotel, she says that she sees this guy with a newspaper, but um, never sees his face. And um, turns out that it's him, and he had dropped the letter by the couch. And the middle schooler found it and saw that it was addressed to her, so he gave it to her. And he explains, like, come to the shrine that's in the Forbidden Zone. I'll meet you there. And... So then she finds a brother, and she's like, oh, my God, brother, you're here. You're alive. This is amazing. And um, so they stay there for a few days, and he he gets concerned because he's like, um, you still have to eat and everything. I don't, but you do. And so she gets in this, like, I just want to stay with you forever mode, and he's like, mm -hmm. you know, it's not going to – we can't do that. Um, like, I would love to because I'm in love with you because I'm a creepy – but, you know, you have needs like food and water. Those are important. And um, so in his route, um, the photographer guy also finds them and is after her because, again, he would get eternal life if he kills her. And he knows about um, the brother guy and essentially how he's tied to the flowers and so this big battle goes down, and Hino shows up, and you find out that he had entrusted Hino at one point before he left, that he's like, Hino, I'm going to be gone. You protect my sister from now on. You're, like, you're her protector. And so Hino wanted to live up to that. So Hino shows up, so you have Hino, main character Ichigo, brother, and then the revenant who's been trying to murder her this whole time in the flower field. And, um, they're just losing totally to this photographer. And so brother gets the idea of, okay, all revenants are tied to this flower field. What if we just got rid of the flowers? And she's like, no, I can't do this. I cannot do it because that will kill you. And he's like, shrug shoulders. Here's matches. <laughs> and, um, so she lights a match, but then she can't do it. And so Hino takes the matchbook from her and sets it all on fire. And so um, the photographer Revenant dies first because um, he he's a younger Revenant. 
and also doesn't have eternal life. And so like the brother is able to say bye and everything. And then he also disappears. And so Hino and Ichiko leave the town. They have some kind of closure. You know, they, they find out that, you know, he's dead and where he was and all that. And then you get like a shot in Tokyo that when she was a child, he gave her one of the flowers and so there's like a hint that maybe he's going to come back. So that's kind of weird. But anyway, I hated that route and it sucked. <laughs> and that's Seven Scarlet. And I know this went on forever, but that's a really intense story. Like there are lots and lots of story beats on all these things. And like Toa technically has two routes. Yeah. It sounds super, it like very, very involved. Like not something, Which is like- <laughs> not something you'd easily just condense down to like, so here's what it's about. <laughs> Yeah, no, there's no way. And, like, Atome <laughs> is always kind of, like, off the wall crazy. But this is one of the craziest ones I've ever played. And probably right up there with Code Realize is one of my faves. We need to get you a ranking of Atome. I could probably give you one if you, like, gave me a second. Like, not right this second. But, like, we could probably tweet it out later. We, after need, we, we need to make, that. like, a board. I'll do it. Very I'll scientific. We'll do like scientific um, <laughs> Al's ranking of Atome, like as as we continue to release Atome, because you know there's another one coming out. Yeah, like uh, this month, right? This month, At the end of this month, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. So yeah, we will <laughs> throw more on the board. So, um, but this one, like the story, was really really good, and you know I didn't like all the guys, but you don't really have to like all the guys. A lot of the games are like that. Like Van Helsing exists. Yeah. Um, but even if I didn't like the guy, the story with the guy was really, really good. Yeah. Every single one of them had a fantastic story. Um, so it, it was awesome. I really liked Seven Scarlet. It's the Alatome seal of approval. And I got to date like this weird nerdy dude. Like he, he talks about how much he likes anime and manga and he's like, got the fluffy hair and he's adorable he loves kitties and then he's dead he dies it's so tragic everybody I love dies well after all that Atome let's talk about some predictions real quick alright for Atome 3 that doesn't really, it doesn't really work <laughs> <laughs> uh so yeah like, like we talked about like um well our datables are now ubisoft and Sony <laughs> and microsoft if you are listening to this at, as immediately comes out you have 20 minutes until ea's press conference starts so oh snap better get on better it better get on it get some snacks so ea is probably just gonna be typical ea like there's yeah not a whole lot that would probably be really surprising here i mean they're gonna talk battlefield 5 People get all uppity about that stuff again. Uh, yeah. Sports, of course. So we'll probably see FIFA 19, uh, Madden 19, NBA Live 19. All those 19s. I think that's... Yeah, they probably wouldn't show hockey. So I think that's... I didn't even know there was a hockey yeah, game. Yeah. I think that wow. would be all the sports they do. That sounds about right, unless I'm forgetting something. Uh, 
I think Anthem's supposed to show up, the new Bioware game that they showed last oh, that year. Makes sense. That looks Destiny like. Mm-hmm. Um maybe a couple of, like indie titles because I know they have like their their indie initiative that they they usually show off like something every now and then because I think that was like uh you know they showed off like inside a couple years ago and then a way out was last year. Yeah. Um I know people are going to keep anticipating and hoping that we see hashtag skate four, but I mean, I would be, I would be real jazzed if that showed up, but I still don't think it's likely. Yeah. But the only way I can see skate four actually like working is it literally becomes skate four featuring Tony Hawk. <laughs> Cause Tony Hawk's all out of his Activision deal, so he can show up anywhere. That's and true. I think if they did that, like it would definitely sell all the copies. It would it would Do justify making it. Do people even know it. who Tony Hawk is anymore? Yeah. Okay, I didn't know if like the youngins knew. I would. I mean, I would assume so. Like, considering his name's been out there for decades in terms of at least video game skateboarding, so. Yeah, but he's probably like my mom's age. I mean, yeah, but you know, it's still a marketable name. I would say. Fair. He's synonymous with it. Right. Um. I think they have like there. There's there's some other Star Wars game they have in the making, right? I want to say there is. Um, Once it got canceled. Honestly, I I think that probably one thing that's going to happen with EA is that they're going to try and get some like goodwill back because so many people are mad at them about Battlefront. That's 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 true. So I think there's going to be something that they're trying to do with Star Wars to like bring those people back in. Yeah. That's my prediction anyway, because right. it, it blew up in their faces so bad. That would make a lot of sense, too. Mm-hmm. Oh, it would. I mean, it makes total, total sense. Yeah, so, yeah I, I don't expect anything like super groundbreaking here. Just probably like a lot of like, you know, the things you would expect at an EA yeah. press conference. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm not like thinking that they're going to come out and deliver us the, the most amazing new game ever. But, but it's, it's, like, it's going to be what you expect. It's consistent. Yeah. Uh, Microsoft is going to be interesting. I mean, they usually are because, like, they, especially in the recent years, they're the ones that are like, hey, we got a butt ton of games. Let's talk about them. Yeah, it, it's it's really interesting because Microsoft is usually kind of a, an interesting presser to watch mm-hmm. um, because they're, they don't have the same kind of, like, mega exclusives that Sony has, but they, they do some really crazy things, which I fully expect that we're going to have, like, a Gears show that up is, because that, that is the that's, rumor. like, their thing. Oh, okay, um, yeah. Because there's, like, a lot of... Obviously, there's been a lot of leaks. Uh, yeah. One of, the, one of them was, like, a Walmart Canada site that showed off, like, a lot of games that have kind of started to come out, like, oh, these are actually maybe happening. Uh, Gears was on that list. And I've, I've also heard that, like... Yo, Halo Six might show up as well, which seems kind of crazy that they that Microsoft might be thinking of doing a Gears and a Halo in the same year. Oh, that seems like a bad idea. But That's like, kinda like, but for a company that needs exclusives, like you know, it might not be a bad idea. Yeah, what else do they have? Yeah. Also, I've heard that like there might be two Gears of War games, and one of them is Gears of War Battle Royale. Oh man. Yeah. That's interesting, though. So, so maybe huh. it's going to be like, hey, Gears is next year, but here's this new thing, this side thing that we'll we'll give you for this year, and then here's Halo and see, 6. That makes, that makes yeah. sense to me, is to do Halo 6 this year with the side Gears, and then do the actual Gears next year. That makes total sense. Because Gears 4 was like, what, like two years ago? Two or three years ago? It so it's not that... It wasn't that long ago. Yeah, so... Um, and it's also going to be interesting as well, because like, they don't have to talk about the Xbox One X this year. 
Correct. Don't have to get and get all up in those vapor chambers. Some, oh my god, <laughs> they do some good stuff with indies. Yeah, usually, they really so do. I'm, so I'm interested to see what Microsoft does with indies this time. So yeah, like I think those are going to be a safe bet. Is you know Halo and Gears. Um, I'd be interested to see if Crackdown Three shows up, considering I the last thing I heard about that game is that it just got infinitely delayed again. <laughs> yeah. So um, I'm. I'm not banking on it, but shrug shoulders. I could be wrong. I've been wrong before. I think also on that Walmart Canada thing was like there new there's gonna be a new Forza Horizon, which that makes sense since last year was yeah. Forza Motorsport. So obviously this would be the next Forza Horizon game. Um, I can't think of anything. I can't think of other type of stuff that was on that list. But yeah, that'll be like a lot of like you know. Like I said, like they, they show a lot of games at their press conference, so it'll be a lot of stuff that, like, here's our first-party stuff, here's our third-party stuff, so all of that. Just, like, if if Sony is going, like, all first-party this year, like, it would probably make sense if, like, Black Ops 4 shows up here, even though mm-hmm. even though Call of Duty's had more of, like, a um, a deal with Sony recently, so maybe that... Yep. Or, like, the... Or maybe a little bit of, like, the new Assassin's Creed. So, like, maybe, like, a big third-party game, essentially. And that would be smart because with Sony not really focusing on that, like it would be their chance to say like, hey, we have this and people will kind of associate it with their name. Mm-hmm. So I think it's it's weird because like, you know, we're not really big Xbox One players. Like we both have the console, but it's like we're not necessarily playing that the most. But Microsoft's kind of like the one that's like the most interesting out of like all the press conferences this year. Like just being like, okay, what are they going to show? Yeah, I mean, I'm real intrigued to see what they have. And like you said, I, I don't even remember the last time I turned on my Xbox One, but <laughs> um, but we have it, and you know, they they do some interesting things. Mm-hmm. They, we'll see. Uh, later that night on Sunday is Bethesda, which obviously we know a few things that they're going to be showing. Um, <laughs> Rage Two got leaked in that Walmart Canada thing, and then they were like, "Well, here you go. For this is the thing we're making." So. Uh, and then also they'll definitely be showing off Fallout 76. Yep. Which that's that is that's definitely a thing. Mm-hmm. After uh, the Kotaku reports about how that's basically a a online style game in the vein of like Rust and those survival RPG style games, which it makes sense, you know, Fallout 4 having like that base building stuff and that, and then trying to like yeah. build off of that, but like not my cup yeah. of tea at all. Yeah, Mega Pass. Yeah. Um, probably see some maybe new stuff on like Elder Scrolls Online, because I think that thing's still a big deal. Uh, this 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 thing that I have up says like there may be stuff for Prey, which that would make sense if like there's a DLC for that. Um, I wonder if they would show off something that maybe isn't going to come out this year. Um, it would be if they're smart, which Bethesda isn't always smart they would show off a new elder scrolls yeah like i i was thinking like maybe they show off that or what if we got a tease for a certain game called doom 2 i mean that would be smart too um no pun but intended. with all <laughs> all the the rhetoric though with like everybody's making fun of Skyrim at this point. Everybody's mm-hmm. making fun of Skyrim and all the re-releases. So, like, a way to combat that would be, like, here's a new one. Yeah. There was also that rumor that, like, Fallout 3 is going to get ported to new consoles, like Switch, PS4, and Xbox One. Mm-hmm. And that's what a lot of people thought that Fallout 76 stream was going to be, so maybe that still is a thing, but they're just going to save it for this. Oh, maybe. But uh, I would be... 
I would be interested to see what a new Elder Scrolls is. Like, I I like Skyrim when I played it back in 2011, <laughs> and then yeah, never I went mean, back. Like, I've played Morrowind, Oblivion, and Skyrim, and I, I yeah. like all of them yeah. a lot. So, I mean, like, I'd be intrigued to see what it is, but it would be really smart. Again, it's kind of like a goodwill move that it would be smart if they at least teased it. Yeah. And it, it may not necessarily have to come out this year, but, like, teasing it and saying, hey, this is in the works is smart. And it would just be interesting to see, like, what Skyrim fans would think of that. Because, mm-hmm. like, I, I know someone who has literally played multiple versions of Skyrim and owns multiple versions of Skyrim and has beat all of those multiple versions of Skyrim. So it'd be real interesting to see, like, you know, like, what those types of fans would think of, like, okay, here's the next the next iteration in the Elder Scrolls franchise that's not Skyrim. Yeah. But, yeah, like... Obviously, you know, Bethesda isn't like, hey, we're going to show off a ton, a ton of stuff because usually they, they don't. But uh, they don't. They have some stuff that we know and hopefully some stuff that we don't know. It'll be pretty interesting to see. Uh, Monday, starting off bright and early at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific, is our fine friends at Square Enix. <laughs> Kingdom Hearts. That's all it is. I don't think it's going to be all it is, but it's going to be a no. big majority of it. It's going to be Kingdom Hearts. It's- it's going to be Kingdom Hearts. Release date. Do we get a release date? I say yes. I think that they have to at this yeah. point. If they don't give a release date, then people are going to riot. Yeah, I think you have to do that at this point. Um, uh, maybe. I'm hoping that we get like some more information on uh, World Ends With You for the Switch. Yeah, they might do that. But, I mean, but it is just like a re-release, though. Yeah, but I mean, even if you get like a little bit of information on right. it, that'd be rad. But I mean, we know for a fact this is going to be like the Kingdom Hearts show with other stuff. Yeah. Uh, um, like Octopath Traveler might be on there. Oh, right. Yeah, that, that's true. Uh, Shadow of the Tomb Raider. Because Square Enix okay. does have a Western development team. <laughs> right, right. So that'd probably be that. there. Um, yeah, it makes sense. Is Dragon Quest Eleven a Square Enix game? Mm-hmm. Okay, so that might show up. But uh, I think some of the the bigger the bigger questions is uh, Final Fantasy VII is remake. Final Fantasy VII remake. I don't think it shows. I, I, I think they. I don't. I don't think if it they will. show it, it's just like a teaser. It's mm-hmm. nothing important. I don't think so because um, you know there was the information that came out recently that they basically had to like restart the entire thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I think it's, that it would be better for them to give a release date for Kingdom Hearts. Yeah. And, like, focus on that to try and get people to realize, like, oh, this is eventually going to come out because it's been forever. Right. I think if they do show anything, it's not going to be, like, anything definitive. Like, maybe just, like, another little, here's a teaser of what combat and the game's going to look like. But nothing like, oh, this is when it's coming out or anything like that. Yeah. Absolutely no date. I I don't suspect there will be Unless somehow, like, work on that game has come along super smoothly since that report came out that they switched development teams. And they're like, hey, first episode later this year. Or if they're still doing that episodic I, thing. But I, I, I doubt, doubt that. Like, that's a slim chance. But it would be surprising if that happened. Um, maybe we... Like I said... Sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. No, you're fine. Go ahead. I was going to say that I feel like we'll probably get more information on Octopath. Because that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, something that could be interesting. Uh, they have an Avengers game they're making. Really? Yeah, they teamed up with Marvel. Huh, Square I didn't Nix, know that. I think this is more like the Western side of Square Enix so right we're right but, but uh, they have I... that in the works so maybe we see something of that maybe because like Spider-Man was a big deal at was that a year ago or two years ago yeah, that was last year but okay, yeah, that's, that's the Sony remember. thing so oh no 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 but I'm yeah, saying yeah, yeah. that like Marvel stuff's big 
at E3, they use the the big superhero stuff because it gets hype. Yeah, yeah. Uh, last thing about Square Enix. How much of a percentage do we see Final Fantasy 16? <laughs> uh, do you think we're even going to get anything on that? I would say 0.1. If anything, we would see yeah. Final Fantasy 15 or 14 DLC. DLC, because there's been talks about like more DLC for 15 that would include uh, Luna Freya and Arden. Mm-hmm. And I feel like we're more likely to get yeah. some of that um, as long as it's not freaking like fishing game again. But I feel like big story DLC packs for 15 is more likely than anything on 16, right. in my opinion, anyway. Later in the day at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 Eastern, is our good friends at Ubisoft. Girlwood. Time for hashtag Girlwood. Uh, we do know Assassin's Creed Odyssey is going to be there. Right. The, the the sequel to Super Mario Odyssey. <laughs> Where Mario kills everything. Yep. And then he pushes everyone around in Greece. Mm-hmm. Uh. Division 2 is probably likely, because I think got leaked. Uh, that Skull and Bones game, the the pirate ship game, that they were like, hey, remember Assassin's Creed 4? Well, we just made that into a game. Mm. Um, What else? They might show... Is there a Just Dance there? The, yeah, Just Dance is a 1,000% <laughs> likely. Uh, they might show a bit about the crew, too, even though that game comes out like a few weeks after E3. So maybe just be like a little yeah, bit like, they... hey, remember this? This is coming out. It's a good reminder. I played that beta. It's weird. Like, it... I don't think I've ever played a sequel with such a tonal shift before because, like, the crew one is, like, this weird crime game where, like, Mm -hmm. you're in a gang, a car gang, and, like, you get wrongfully convicted and then you work with the FBI to, like, take out the people who wrongfully convicted you. And then the crew two is just like, hey, we we like Forza Horizon, so we just basically made that. (laughs) Nice. So that's weird. Um... I wonder if they'll do anything with Rainbow Six. I think like the 20th anniversary of that series is this year or something. But uh, oh they, god, I forgot about Rainbow Six. They they've been going hard on Siege. Like they just keep constantly updating that game. So like yeah, I wonder if they would even think of like making a new game or just be like, hey, here's another update for that, or like the same thing for like For Honor. Because like that's mm-hmm. another like online procedural game that they just keep updating and everything. Um, since this, is, since this is now an Assassin's Creed year, I wonder if they would do anything with Watch Dogs, because that was the big thing before the Assassin's Creed leak, was like, oh, probably it's going to be a Watch Dogs year. Mm. But now, since this is an Assassin's Creed year, I wonder if they'll do that or not. Um, Maybe like a, a blip trailer of like, it's in like in production or something? Maybe. maybe. Do you think we see like, I know like they have that Donkey Kong DLC coming out, but like maybe like a new Mario and Rabbids DLC trailer? Oh, I would love that. Or maybe like some other new Nintendo Ubisoft crossover. I want it to happen. I'm not sure the likelihood of it happening. Right. Um, I think we're more likely to get like a DLC trailer than an actual new game. But like I after them blowing my mind with that game, like I'm for it. Yeah. Um, Does Beyond Good and Evil 2 show up again? <laughs> or is that too much to be like, hey, back to back years? I don't think it'll be there. Yeah, I just don't see that happening. What about our our friend Rayman? No. Ah, <laughs> uh, I don't know. I don't think so. I would doubt it. I mean, like those Rayman games that came out were good. They should make but another it, one. It, the Rayman series is always just like, kind of like in the back burners like hey we we have this but like eh. 
Yeah, they don't care. <laughs> it's not like we're going to promote it like our other titles. Yeah, no. Uh, then uh, the final thing for Monday, 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 Eastern, is Sony, which they have pretty much got out ahead of this and been like, hey, we are, this is going to be a, like a Nintendo Direct style thing. Yeah. And they also said, like, you know, we're recording this on Tuesday, and basically all their announcements start Wednesday afterwards. Like, Wednesday until, I think, Saturday or Sunday, they're going to announce, like, a new game daily. So, like, one game per day, essentially. So, like, I think one's, like, one's a new game from Worldwide Studios, one's, like, a new PS4 slash PSVR type game, and then the others are just, like, hey, here's some new stuff that we haven't announced yet. Mm-hmm. So, basically, I think, like, kind of, like, their pre-stream they did last year for the press conference where, like, here's some stuff, or, like, they announced Undertale and stuff like that. Right, that makes sense. And that was, like, the more exciting part of that press conference. <laughs> uh, but they have essentially said... Didn't they have, like, hanging bodies in the last one? Yep, they sure did. That... Yeah, that was unsettling. Mm-hmm. They shouldn't do that again. <laughs> uh, so, basically, their their entire direct press, or whatever you want to call it, is going to be about four first-party games. It's going to be Death Stranding, Spider-Man, Ghost of Tsushima, and The Last of Us Part Two. Hmm. Which makes sense, but it makes sense, but it's kind of boring. It's 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 so weird that they've gone from like you know, the big press conference where like they're just balls out and here's a bunch of indie devs, here's a bunch of third party stuff to like the latter years, which is like here we're just gonna get up on stage and show you a bunch of trailers. Yeah, that that sounds really boring. Yeah, like I guess it makes sense that like more companies are going with like the Nintendo Direct style, but. Sony just being like, we're just going to devote this to first party stuff. Like, that's not fun. Mm-mm. Like, show more stuff. But especially you saying, like, this is what we're going to talk about. Like, oh, cool. Like, what people like about E3 is surprising. Yeah, exactly. Um, I wonder if they'll even sneak anything else in there. Like, there was that that From Software game that showed up at the, the Game Awards that they teased that had, like, no name, no consoles tied to it so i wonder if this shows up at all like what what press mm. conference and what it is because there yeah. was the rumors that like oh maybe this is bloodborne too but like there's also rumors like it's not bloodborne it's not dark souls it's something else entirely so i would mm. i would like to see that game show up somewhere but like i don't know where it would show up where it yeah. would be especially if the sony one's just like we're first party only that's it yeah. um but it will be interesting to see like just what these new games are like. Obviously, Death Stranding is going to have some weird trailer because it's a Hideo Kojima game. Oh my god! Uh, hey, maybe Spider Man will look better than it did last year. Oh, it looked like trash. It's so you know I better uh, get ready to strain my eyeballs because I usually roll my eyes a lot at this kind of stuff. Anyway, go ahead. It's so weird how like I keep seeing on Twitter people like, "Oh man, that swinging looks so good. The combat looks so good." It's like you guys haven't played it yet. Like you don't know if it feels good or not. It may look yeah. good, but it doesn't mean it feels good. It's, just, it's so weird. Uh, Ghost of Tsushima is a is an interesting game, thing because they've only briefly talked about it. I think it's the new um, Sucker Punch game, but it's also like a samurai style game. Oh, that seems weird for Sucker Punch. So it seems interesting. And then obviously Last of Us Part Two, which hopefully it's not like another super hardcore gore inducing trailer that showed off at like Paris Games Week. Where no one, where like no one knew what it was until like a him was like, oh, this is the last of us two trailer. Okay, well we just saw this lady get an axe into her arm for no reason. Ugh. That was, yeah. But uh, obviously we finished up on Tuesday, nine a.m. Pacific time, twelve p.m. Eastern, and it is the fine folks at Nintendo 
the Nintendo Direct E3 thing. Um, they have gone out in front of us and said, hey, we're going to be talking about Smash Brothers, which obviously that's yeah. that's what you would definitely say. Like, hey, we will be talking about this game that obviously a lot of people are very excited for. It's smart. Um, I doubt the Pokemon stuff shows up here. Like, No, because they just did Yeah, exactly. Conference. So, like, if anything, it would show up on, like, their Treehouse stuff. Yeah, that makes sense. Treehouse more so than, like, the main trailer stream. Because that's still a thing where they can announce new things that they don't show in the Direct, because that's usually what they do. Um, yeah. I guess we would see Metroid Prime 4 here. That would be a good idea, since the last time we saw it, it was just the logo. And there was that recent uh, leak of, like, a a booth thing of like it was like a like getting graphics for like the boost for e3 and mm. it was like nine games uh like some of them were obviously one of them on there was like mario tennis like so that makes sense uh one mm-hmm. of them was dragon ball fighters okay one of them was Pass. a one of, one of them was the most popular game in the world fortnite oh lord which makes sense that they would put that on there uh, and then yeah. a couple of other stuff on there as well, like uh, a sequel to Overcooked, um, Paladins, the weird like Overwatch kind of ripoff game, mm. and then some other stuff as well. So maybe if if anything like that would probably get brought up as well if those if that's true. Yeah. Um, I would be interested to see what that Dragon Ball game looks like on a Switch because it because it would definitely look a little bit different. But like that's that's a smart get to put on there. Um, what else? The Yoshi hey, game. Hey. <gasps> The cute Yoshi yeah, they, game. That, would, that makes sense that that would show up here. Yeah, because they had gameplay last time. So, um, you know, we, we might get a date or something for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was the rumor of like a uh, Star Fox racing game at one point. I heard about that. So maybe that shows up here. What else? What else could they? Uh, what else could Nintendo show? Fire Emblem. Oh, yeah, I guess there is a Fire Emblem game in development. So, yeah, that would make sense, too. Mm hmm. What about Animal Crossing? Can I interest you in some Animal Crossing? <laughs> <laughs> I'd be more interested in Fire Emblem, but Animal Crossing is a good idea. Yeah, I, I, I feel like Animal Crossing is kind of a stretch, but um, I would still very much enjoy it. Um, probably some like more I mean, like interesting third-party stuff as well. Yeah. They're probably weird. Like, here's a 3DS section because. We still think the 3ds is going to be a big thing, but uh, what do you what do you think of anything would be like their surprise? Like, hey, we're gonna we're like kind of like that Metroid Prime Four thing last year. Ooh. Like, we're making this, but we're not in any way going to be showing you anything from it. I mean, I feel like Zelda and Mario are going to be on the back burner at this point. Yeah. Um. The only thing I could think of it, it like if it were a. If they were doing something Zelda related, is if they were doing like a like more of the handheld style for the Switch or the 3DS, because mm-hmm. um, sometimes they do that on like off years. Yeah. Um, but I I can't see Mario or Zelda really having a giant presence here. Um, and it's it's hard to tell like what would be a big shocker on that because like Smash is already done, so like they can't throw that at people. I mean, I guess they could throw that at people. Do you think we'll see any more of Bayonetta? Oh, that's that's a good question. I forgot that was a thing that was happening. Mm-hmm. That might be a thing that shows up. It would be nice to see some more Bayonetta. Yeah. I'd like to see where it's going right now. Um, other than that, man, I, I, 
I can't think of anything. Do you think they talk about their online stuff here, or are they just? Ooh, I don't know that they would do that on yeah. here. I feel like that's, that's something that's they can something... do at another point, like closer to launch. Yeah. I feel like this is more just going to be like games, games, games. Uh, and then finally, the ever-present question for a Nintendo Direct. Mother 3 question mark. Mother, <laughs> Mother 3. <laughs> uh, man, you know, one year they're going to announce Mother 3 and people are going to be like, wait, what? They're not going to believe it. <laughs> they're not going to believe it because it's always the joke that Mother 3 is going to show up. And then like once Mother 3 actually shows up, they're going to be like, here, here, nah. here is the surprise that they're doing this year. Mother 4 for Switch. <laughs> Oh my god, that's hilarious. Speaking of Smash Brothers, uh, obviously they're doing that. I heard a rumor. Which this is, is a this rumor. The this is a game controller. This is a, it's not the game controller thing. Which that, that is okay, a thing, but uh, apparently I read a rumor about two of the guest characters. Uh-oh. Uh, one of them is a returning solid snake. Okay. And the other is Steve from Minecraft. Which, uh. granted, rumors! <laughs> Take this with yeah. a grain of salt. Yeah. I just thought that was very funny. Do you think there's any like interesting characters that they put in Smash Brothers that they announce here? Like obviously you got your like core group of characters, but like any type of, like weird guest characters that they throw in. Yeah, that's the hard thing, is that like usually Nintendo adds more characters and like last time they had Cloud, which is kinda interesting. Um Cloud, Bayonetta, like, Ryu. Hmm. Who do they throw in there? Like I already told you that I think it would be great if they put, like, Rex in there, but since they have Shulk... And they still can. It's not like they can... They don't have, like, they have a hard limit, like, oh, one person per character, Fire Emblem. No, because, I mean, Fire Emblem and Mario and Zelda and all them, like, they have multiple characters, so, I mean, it, it's it's possible, and it would be cool because Rex has, like, the different blades that he could bring in, so it could kind of be, like, a, a like the cross-tag thing that we've been playing. Yeah. Uh, I would also like to just to just throw out there a uh, Tsubasa from Tokyo Mirage Sessions? Uh, basically anything from Tokyo <laughs> Mirage Sessions. Um, maybe a Tokyo Mirage Sessions 2 would be awesome. Or, oh, you man. know, just port Tokyo Mirage Sessions to the Switch. Oh, man. If you could have, like, any guest character, like, any guest in, character. The, in the vein of, like, you know, Ryu, Cloud, Bayonetta, like, a non-first-party Nintendo character, mm-hmm. who do you put in there? That's, like, oh, God. relevant. Oh god, this is hard. I guess it, it, it's also someone that can't be like a first party Sony or Microsoft character. Right. A big third I mean, party character. Guy from Fortnite. <laughs> Mechanical hand lady from <laughs> Battlefield. <laughs> <laughs> Jokes. Um, shoot. Who would I put in there? I've got my answer. All right, give me yours so I can I can have an idea. He's gonna it's gonna be a new challenger approaches and he's just gonna hear, "Are you okay?" Busta Wolf. Welcome Terry Bogard to Smash. That's amazing. <laughs> I mean, he already has a move set. Yeah, I would buy I would yeah. buy Smash Day One if they put Terry Bogard in it. You heard <laughs> it here first. Man, I mean, I'm still gunning for Uncle Amiibo. Oh man, they really need to make Uncle Amiibo. They do. I mean, like they had Rob in there, so like Uncle Amiibo works. Uh, I don't know. Like who who would I pick? Sailor Moon. Ooh, that'd be cool. Wouldn't happen, but it'd be cool. Mmm. I don't know the answer to this. 
because I kind of already like run the gambit of like characters you would think like wild characters that you would throw in a game like oh they've kind of done it yeah you know they could put the guardian from uh breath of the wild in there yeah i think uncle amiibo is a better option in my opinion i like uncle amiibo as, a, as an option man i don't know <sighs> all right you know what i'm gonna bring it full circle okay you know who would be a good pick that they would never put in there in a thousand and ten years? Tell me. Lupin from Code Realize. <laughs> they should do that. <laughs> I mean, that that is a series coming to the Nintendo Switch. It is. What better is. way to promote it? <laughs> and, like, Japan would be about it, so... I would love that. That would be amazing. I... You could do some cool movesets because he has so many of the, like, tricks up his sleeve and he's got the cane as his main weapon, you know? it's Wow. Bringing this full circle, man. Oh, man. So, yeah, that, that's our E3 predictions. <laughs> that one will never happen, but be great. Uncle Amiibo should. So, yeah, look forward to all the fun stuff that comes out of E3. We'll probably be talking about all the, the announcements and everything next week, so... That's what I fear is next week will be the actual mm-hmm. E3 episode. We'll break down everything that happened and give our thoughts and reactions to everything, all the press conferences and all that jazz. As we did last As year. As we did last year. But that will do it for this episode. So if you'd like more from us, head on over to SeasonalAmbitCheckup.com or SCC.cool where you can find past episodes of this podcast and other podcasts like The Seasonal Amateur Checkup and Jared and Al Watch where, hey, you know, this past week we debuted the season two of Jared and Al Watch. Oh my god. So you now know what we're we're, we're watching. <laughs> <laughs> you can join us. Subscribe to that feed. Subscribe to that feed and you can join us and listen to us talk about school idols. Heck yeah. Uh you can also find columns and reviews on the site as well. You can find my latest piece on crunchyroll.com. That's a website. <laughs> about anime. Wow. <laughs> you can find Al at anladium.com. She has columns and reviews on her site as well. Follow us on Twitter, twitter.com slash anime checkup. That's where we do Twitter. And you can support us on patreon.com slash SACOVA if you would like to give us a dollar and support our very podcast. So next week, we will talk about some E3 stuff. We will. <laughs>